Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. Today I have a new guest for us, Iyakoka Subramaniam. Before I talk about him, let's welcome our guest of the day. Iyakoka Subramaniam sir, Namaskaram and welcome to P Guru's channel. Namaskaram. I'm really happy to participate in your P Guru's channel and also very happy to share my thoughts with your admirers. Absolutely sir, it's a pleasure to have you and uh, viewers, we've been trying to have this thing for a while because of COVID and other reasons. Uh, uh, he and I couldn't uh, get together in person but today was a special day. He actually set aside time to come and meet with me at my place and this is my studio in India. And uh, you can see that it's very interesting. We have tried to make do with a lot of little things to give you the best possible effect. So many people or many of you who are from Kowai may have heard of Sri Iyakoka Subramaniam. He is an industrialist, a writer, a poet, a motivational speaker and an engineer. He is involved in many social organizations, founder, director of an Indo-Swiss joint venture. He is an author of 10 Tamil books and he is an admirer of Narendra Modi and an observer of the present political circus. So, uh, Subramaniam sir, we, let us first take a quick look at your life journey. You represent, in my opinion, the quintessence of the entrepreneur in India. You know, um, you, you've been, uh, you know, you've not moved out, I mean, you've lived outside of Kowai for a while, but you, I would say you call yourself as a Coimbatore person, Kongu person, because you've spent most of your life here. So, can you kind of tell us a little bit about what you've uh, gone through in your life thus far? Where did you start your schooling and so on and so forth, sir? Mr. Ayer, Coimbatore is a city of entrepreneurs. You cannot find a city equivalent to Coimbatore anywhere in the world. Not even Ludhiana? Uh, nowhere. <laughs> and Ludhiana is totally on a different platform. I see. Here, my father was actually a mill worker. Mm. At that time, in my village, Around 90% of the males were working in and around wherever textile mills are there and spinning industry. Mm. So we always discuss only with textiles, textile unions. So we were growing in that atmosphere. And also we were farmers from a small village. Mm. Educated in normal board high school in Tamil medium school and afterwards I got into PhD, PhD tech. During India agitation I was studying pre-university. Mm. But uh, luckily in school, I studied Hindi. That was very helpful for me in my latter years. Then after many jobs in and around Nagpur, Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore and other things, in 82, I joined Santi Gears. And after, after one year, I joined LG Politics, a group company of LG Group. And then I started Ayakoka Centers in 1987. We became the largest manufacturer of synthetic spindle tapes for spinning industry in the year 1990. Abbasit, world leader in belting and other things from Switzerland, they, I wrote to them asking for an agency, they offered partnership. That's how Abbasit Ayakoka company was born and I was there with them for 25 years. Then afterwards I sold all my shares and came out and started another company with Italian collaboration and also a small firm for manufacturing spindle tapes. But now at 74, I am more or less retired. Well, you shouldn't have told us your age, sir, because I was going to ask our viewers in comments, tell us how old do you think okay. Subramaniam is. He, is, he, is, he doesn't look 74, he looks to me all of 60 or plus or minus few. 
Um, Subramaniam sir, you are a living example of a person from Tamil Nadu who doesn't believe in this Tamil only kind of uh, mindset. You've been through many places, so you picked up languages. And um, see, why do you think this Dravida parties, ADMK less, DMK more, stress on this, you know, being Tamil, Tamil first, Tamil, Tamil. What is this obsession with one language? Why can't people from Tamil Nadu learn more than one language? This is pure politics. Uh, if you ask anybody, any housewife or somebody, they will say, yes, my son, he should learn English first. They give first priority to English. Even though Tamil is mother tongue, one of the oldest language in the world. Normal people, they don't care whether your son is reading Tamil or Hindi or anything. But everybody insists that they should speak and learn and how to write in English and they should master English. That is first priority. Second priority when it comes, many people select different languages. Tamil is the least preferred language in Tamil Nadu. Even though I am a Tamilian, I could openly say that. <laughs> but that does not mean that we are not talking the greatness about Tamil Nadu. That is totally a separate subject. But for normal people, today language is not a big issue because everything goes with English. During our times, you know this politics, they know how to create some kind of an atmosphere where your inner feelings are provocated. Actually, it is a provocation yes. when it comes to language or religion or even caste and other things. It's a pure provocation. In India, if you find on language, there is only one state it survives. On Tamil, it is only Dravidian parties ruling Tamil Nadu. But if you see how many people can speak Hindi, you will find many number of people and many thousands are going to Hindi schools and they are learning it. And also, uh, I think special schools in, in the CBS, they are also teaching Hindi. Yes. Another one state, if you say, they give importance to Marathis. That's how this uh, Paul Thakare and Shivasana has come up. So even central government, on and off, they will say that Hindi is to be national language. Everybody has to learn Hindi for a link language. This is a pure politics. I think generally languages should be left to the individual persons. But there should be a common language. Since English being a global language, it can be taught everywhere. And uh, till fifth class, mother tongue should be taught. Because Tamil, I think in the world, uh, no language shall have so much of literature and poems and epics, everything like Tamil. Maybe second, Sanskrit. Sanskrit is not a spoken language. Yes. In my opinion, rather than diverting our attention to these type of issues, it is better to concentrate on the normal life of Tamilians, middle class Tamilians, how they are working, how they are going to improve and contribute to the state. That is more important. Right. So this is pure politics. And as a Tamilian, I am proud of Tamil. Yeah, that is my own language and there are a lot of things which you can like. But at the same time, if you know about Sanskrit, that is also a beautiful language. Uru is a good language. I don't berate any language, either Kannada, Telugu. There are many things of that. Since you don't know any other language, you tend to believe that yours is the best. That is wrong. <laughs> so true. In fact, viewers, we should all feel lucky because in, in China, what is current modern day China, there used to be 561 languages. Today, there's only three. One is the one that the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, has reduced 
what used to be uh, traditional Chinese to what is called as a modern Chinese, they've reduced the number of characters. They've broken down a lot of the charm and that is what they've forced down the entire China. I mean, if you, for example, with the Uyghurs, they have nothing in common with the Chinese. They, they are fair hairs, you know, yeah. not black. Their eyes are not black. Lots of differences. They also are forced to learn one language only. At least India has never done that. India has always left people to choose their own languages. I just thought we should mention that because sometimes we have this thing, oh, why, why is it that, you know, uh, so there's a lot of freedom of languages. So please make use of it. Learn as many as you want. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Sir, um, in your opinion, you've, uh, you've run so many industries and you've gone through different places. The current political establishment in Tamil Nadu, you know, how do you see them in terms of being pro uh, or entrepreneur friendly? Do you think that these people are making it easy for somebody to set up a new shop or is it more? What are your thoughts? How is the DMK administration done thus far? See, here you don't have to talk about politics. Mm. But Tamil Nadu itself is already a leading industrial place. Yes. And in my opinion, every party, mm. whether it is DMK or ADMK, BJP, Congress, they want industries grow. Mm. So I don't find any negative aspects of any political mm. ideologies disturbing our industrial growth. Okay. So in my opinion, all are helping. That way I think, okay, there are small matters are there, mm. like development of roads, electricity problem, maybe sometimes tax problem. These things I think it is part and parcel of any country right. and any state. Yeah. That way I think Tamil Nadu government, even the present government, they want the industries to grow. The other part, political part is different, but as far as industrial growth and other things are concerned, all the parties are helping us, whether it is DMK or BJP, yes. And as an industrialist, my fellow industrialist colleagues, they have contact with all the political parties. So when we have problem, we represent, we go to central government, we go to state government. They listen patiently and they help us. And they know very well that this Kogu Belt is one of the best in the world. So you have to help us. There are inherent problems with labor issues, sometimes with raw material problem. And government is, they are also trying their maximum best because entire tax comes from industrial growth. So you've actually taken me to, your, to the next question that I was going to ask you. So thanks for putting me the road. Okay. See, Tirupur, Kovai, uh, this belt needs a lot of manufacturing hands. Uh, Post-COVID, have they recovered back to their normal volumes? How do you see that part or is there more to go? What are your thoughts? See, some of the companies, not all of them, they have recovered. The top brand, A-plus, they have their own policies and they pay well, they get people from all over India and they, they give accommodation, take care of them. They are doing well and I don't think uh, their production or their sales has come down. Mm. But some of the companies in the middle level, because of the raw material price hike, shortage of labor after COVID, they are facing some problem. But this is, see, if you are an industrialist, you should know how to survive in the toughest conditions. Definitely, in my opinion, it may take another Six months to one year. Mm -hmm. Depends on how this world war is going to happen between uh, this Ukraine and uh, Russia, how it is going to develop. That is the biggest question. Otherwise, I think uh, all the industries are doing fairly well. 
what do you think state government should do see there is a national interest there is a need for creating jobs stalin talks about development but do you think he has done enough to try and get sterilite open or it's all just saying in the court we'll see i think politics apart stalin would definitely like to open sterilite mm. but that will give a lot of revenue generation and also looked after the inland around areas where a lot of other industries are surviving i think stalin in my opinion he should support opening of sterilite and even he can pressurize central government mm. Wonderful, sir. Um, you you've uh, you've well known in Coimbatore area. You you do a lot of social causes, and you're a poet. You're an author. You've written a lot of books. How did this urge to write books come? Because for me, I just changed my career. I was an engineer. I threw all that away, and suddenly said, "I'm going to be a writer," and I've done this. How was it for you? See, actually, from sixth standard itself, it started reading a lot of books in Tamil and. Uh, watching the tamil movies with fairy dialogues by karnanidhi and fantastic songs by kannadasan pattukutti and we had some fantastic writers like kalki akilan napathasarathi sandilyan jayakanthan all contemporary writers yes so automatically that interest came at that time tamil actually in every school it was tamil medium very few schools they have this english medium so automatically and tamil as you know it is one of the oldest not one of the, it is the oldest language and rich in literature and uh, sangam period poems and other automatically you get involved in uh, tamil well then uh, you are in the school also now you participate in all these contests oratory contests essay writing reciting some kind of poems then when i come to college started writing stories in fact in phg college of technology when i was studying in second year i have written a tamil romantic story oh wow kalingathu kattalai i got an award and also that was the first love story printed in tekrio utility available in phg library my goodness <laughs> then afterwards when i went to work and other thing you know you normally you write and keep it in the yes. public the patmasri award mr sirpi parasubramaniam he saw my writings and other things he encouraged me to publish the books wow. then i published my short stories and poems then afterwards i started writing about me travel experiences. Uh, experiences with my mother with my granddaughter and how west was looked upon or looked down by them in various aspects right then how they enjoyed the food and other na that type of things i have written in namadanambike that book was inur yugasandhi it was awarded the best book of the year by ilakya chintane i see a think tank in chennai mm-hmm. that encouraged me to write more than i have written about business motivational books now i am writing only about my social interest and also poems whenever i like i write in a pongal greeting diwali greetings right, right, right. i am not a full time writer na so my hobby is writing you, but you inspired but then, I am an accidental industrialist. Mm. Otherwise, I could have gone happily <laughs> in this field. <laughs> uh, Sir, so I've known you for a while now, and I can tell you, tell our viewers, he's a very grounded man. He is extremely, uh, you know, well off. He doesn't have to do all these things. Yet, the passion that his country should do well, that his people should will do well, it, it stands out. Whenever I talk with uh, Ayubakaji, sir. Um, how do you see india in the next 15 20 years and this will be our last question perhaps you can show us your vision how under modi we may not be going straight but we'll go a little bit here a little bit there but at least 
forward progress is definitely visible. I mean, I, I will con completely agree with that. So, how do you see India in the next 20-25 years? See, once Narasimha Rao helped to open the globalization, I think the Indian uh, industries and the speciality of Indians and their focus on job. And you know, we always relax in work. We don't have workspace and relaxation space. Always we work and we relax that. That type of attitude I think it has given edge for all the Indians. And regarding quality wise, now I think all the international quality standards are maintained and everybody is aspiring for that. After that, when we were very successful, I think China was also developing at that yes. time. That was a monstrous development in my opinion. I, I was going to China from the year 1992. Every year I used to go there. Oh, amazing, the developments and how they plan everything. That is a, see, one-word country, in my opinion, if the government says do it, they have to do yes. it. Yes. But here it's a democratic country, a lot of opposition there. In spite of that, we are growing. And we don't have to have any yardstick to measure whether we are superpower or an ordinary power or a developing country. India is always a super rich country. Only thing is the wealth is not utilized by us properly. And maybe I think British, they all swindled the money. Yes. In spite of all this swindling, still we are a rich country. Right. And in my opinion, another 10 years, maybe India will be the visa guru for other countries. I think signs are there. Now even if you see during this Ukraine war and other things, yes. how India was doing things and how it is helping Pakistan, how it is helping uh, Sri Lanka and how all the world leaders are coming to India to meet our Prime Minister and our Foreign Minister to discuss a lot of issues. Right. And we are the only country never went to war with any other country I think, right. in the past around 100 200 years. And we can tell them how to be peaceful, how we can be successful, how we are tolerant. We don't have any big religious problem except these few things, no minor things going on. I think the most tolerant country is India. Yes. And we welcome everybody open hearted we grow with them. So I think in another 10-15 years, we will be the Viswa Guru, teacher to Not necessary to be a superpower with all the weapons and other things. Our weapon is actually the knowledge and the spirituality. That's right. Spot on. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Thank you so much, sir. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I'm hoping that we will have more such intellectual hangouts and P. Gurus is thrilled that uh, we could find uh, you and uh, have some time set aside for us to share your thoughts on this. Thank you so much. Manakkam and Namaskar. Thank you. It's really, I feel honored. And it's my pleasure to participate in this. Thank you. Thank you, sir.